2: This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hi, this is Kurt Whitsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said... Just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. This is the Ron Burgundy Podcast. My name is Ron My name is Ron. This is an episode I'm going to sing. The entire episode I'm going to sing. If you don't like my singing, then I suggest you turn this off. I will be singing for a long, long time. I will not stop. I will not stop. Here with me is my co-host and friend, Carolina. Oh, Carolina. What a wonderful name to sing Carolina Oh Carolina Carolina to La Rue Carolina how are you?
4: I'm I'm fine.
3: Oh please sing it. It's fun to sing it. You really must I insist so Carolina how are you? I'm
4: I'm, I'm not I'm not going to sing. Yes, to you
3: are.
4: That. No, I'm not feeling like singing today. So I'm.
3: I'm Every gonna... day is a sing song day. What are you talking about now? Sing. I'm. I'm.
4: Run. I'm. Seri- I don't. I just don't want to sing. Can I just? I talk?
3: understand, but what about just one word?
4: Okay. No.
3: Didn't that feel just wonderful, so blunderful and wonderful? No, no, I don't. I didn't hear you. You didn't sing your answers, so I didn't even hear you. I
4: said no.
3: It's like we're in a Broadway musical. It's a musical. We're in a musical. Wouldn't you say? No,
4: I would not.
3: You sing so well, it's like a dream come true.
4: Stop. I don't want to sing.
3: But you're doing it, and it's fun. You have to admit it, you're singing and it's fun. And now you can't stop.
4: I can stop, and I will stop, because I don't want to be singing at all. This is the last time you will hear me sing.
3: What about now?
4: I'm done singing. That was fun, but I think we need to get on with today's show without singing.
3: What's today's show about?
4: You said you wanted to talk about uh, joy, how to feel joyful.
3: Please just sing what you just said. I won't ask again, I promise.
4: Okay, um... You said you wanted to talk about joy.
3: That is the true subject of the show, is joy. It's an emotion that we all feel, but we never seem to get enough.
4: Well, maybe because... No, we
3: never seem to get enough. Well, maybe
4: because we are living in joyless times. Right, Ron?
3: If you could sing what you say, you would find a brand new day. Singing songs fill the heart. It's the way each day should start. When you sing, you clear the air. So there's nothing dirty there. Ask any little girl or boy. Singing brings the greatest joy.
4: Wow, you actually sung a song. One that I could sing along. Maybe I'll try singing too. Singing harmony under you.
3: We shall sing a song together. Like two birds in sunny weather. Our voices shall be heard on high. Perfect harmony when we try. Two as one and one as two. The sound we make is something new. A, a song, song is sung without a hitch. hitch. Together we have perfect pitch. Um That was awful. We we sounded awful. I was awful.
4: so hideous.
3: <laughs> uh A little fun though, right?
4: You know what? I never really admit this, but yeah, it was it, I'm in a better mood.
3: And that's what Singing is for... Okay, stop. Okay. Okay, singing is done. And for those of you uh, just tuning in, today's show is about joy.
4: Okay, I, Ron, I've told you this for two years. People don't tune in to podcasts. We're not on the radio. We're not live.
3: Touche. I'll be honest with you. It's a tough concept for me to get my head around. What you just explained—the right the podcast concept—that yeah. there's not not a
4: radio show. It's I not mean, and, talk
3: and and that's that's one of many modern things in media that I, I'm just really having trouble getting a grasp of. Like the Peacock Network. I mean, what is that? Right. Or HBO Max. Strange. You're right. The Paramount Network. Don't get it. CBS All Access. I mean, what's going on here? Has everyone gone crazy? I mean, I had access to CBS for 50 years. We had a deal. They gave me football, and I bought Samsonite luggage. They gave me All in the Family, and I I bought Wheat Thins because Sandy Duncan told me to. That was our deal. Now CBS says no deal. You have to belong to a gated community to even watch our shows. Sometimes the world feels like a merry-go-round spinning in a tornado that's ripping through a Walmart. Cheap shoes and TV sets and buckets of paint flying everywhere while I'm holding on to my horsey for dear life.
4: I know, Ron. It does actually feel like that. But let's try and we'll just slow down a little and um, just concentrate on today's show. I
3: mean, there just seems like a bunch of superfluous stuff.
4: Yeah, there's a lot. Right. Right.
3: A lot of, what do you say, content. Yeah. It's a content-rich environment right now we live in.
4: There's a lot to look at.
3: Well, Carolina, thank you for the steadying, kind words. You're always the rock in the stormy waters of my brain. Oh, thank you. The concept of joy. What is joy? By the way, speaking of joy, are you familiar with that book, The Joy of Sex?
4: I've heard of it. With
3: those drawings? (laughs) Oh, man.
4: Yeah, there's there's naked people. Back in my day,
3: that was... Naked people doing things,
4: doing having to each sex, other. Yeah.
3: Oh boy, were they ever! Anyway, concept of joy. So the the big question that academicians have been pondering for millenniums is, what is joy? Is joy a person? I mean, I've known some joys that have given me great joy.
4: Oh
3: yeah. Joy Carroll comes to mind. She okay. was a, a lounge singer that I had a fling with. And Fifteen years later, I hooked up with a professional woman named Carol Joy. How about that?
4: How about that?
3: Joy Carol and Carol Joy bookends. No, the kind of joy I'm talking about is not a person, even though both those joys gave me great joy below my belt.
4: Well put, yeah.
3: And Nick, that'd be great if you could put a a rim shot in there.
4: Okay. Um, Maybe we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, when.
3: in fact, let me redo the line, and Nick, you just lay in a rim shot. Okay. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. Uh, Even though both joys gave me great joy below the belt. Yes. All right. (laughs) People tuning in now are really going to love the show. What I'm talking about is that happy spiritual feeling of being alive on Earth. Everyone deserves it, but not everyone knows how to find it. Joy, I'm talking about. I hear you. I do.
4: I mean, to be honest... Listening to you and besides like the sound effects and any of that, I'm, I think this could be a really helpful episode of the podcast. Yes. I think everyone right now needs more joy sure. in their lives. And I think that maybe we could, you know, give some people some active tools yeah. to help no, no, them no. with
3: I'm going to tell them how to get joy if you would just shut up.
4: Okay.
3: Yeah. But first we need to understand what isn't bringing us joy. Right. So, yeah.
4: Yeah. The, the flip side.
3: Exactly. I like to play a game with my dog Baxter from time to time where we throw the most plainly joyless sentences we can think of back and forth. Regular sentences, you might say, that have no joy in them. It's it's a lot of fun, and you can play at home, too. Uh, would you like to play, Carolina? Uh,
4: Yeah, I'll try it.
3: Okay. Give me a joyless sentence you might say or hear in real life.
4: Okay. Let me think. Um, uh, here's one. They're having a sale on tube socks at Nordstrom's rack.
3: Oh, that's good. That's awful and joyless. That's really good. Okay. How about this one? I'm on my way to the DMV.
4: Terrible. Yes. The worst. Um, okay. What about this? My name is Carolina. That's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-A.
3: Oh, yes. Spelling your name out for any reason is the opposite of joy. Here's one Baxter always says. They need to fix that hole in the road.
4: How about I should try and learn Spanish?
3: This bread got wet.
4: The dripping noise is coming from under there.
3: Have you seen the vacuum cleaner?
4: Let's get on a Zoom call at 8 a.m.
3: I need to remember to call the insurance company.
4: This bottle is empty.
3: I'm proud of my tofu salad.
4: How much gas should I get?
3: I need a new belt.
4: Um, my cat just died.
3: Hold the boat there, Carolina. You crossed the line.
4: Okay, I the
3: the game's so. no fun if you bring in sickness or death. Of course, that's going to be joyless. That, that, that kind of joylessness is just going to happen in life, and we call them tragedies. There's no joy in the tragic. What, what I'm talking about is the joylessness of everyday life there's no joy in an 8 a.m. zoom call there's no joy in buying tube socks at nordstrom's rack even if they are on sale and it's a great deal fortunately for science i have composed a list of 10 human behaviors that demonstrate you are not experiencing enough joy if you are doing three or more of these things then you need to stop and find some joy in life
5: Hey guys, I'm home Everyone knows that it's dad's job To be a bit of a joker Sorry I'm late everyone It was an accident at the factory Monty fell into the upholstery machine Don't worry though He's fully recovered
1: (sighs) Good one dad (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner?
5: So he likes to keep everyone happy With some dad jokes Yep, right here I had a coupon and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom.
2: Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from?
5: He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast.
2: Oh, great. More dad jokes for me.
5: We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was...
7: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Check the backseat.
2: Check the backseat. All right, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right?
4: This is your list of behaviors that indicate you are living a joyless life. You've yes, made a list. Yes, yes.
3: And I call it the Ron Burgundy Joy Indicator Meter List.
4: I, okay, so is it a meter or a list?
3: Both. It's really just observations on behaviors I associate with joylessness. But I may need to publish it one day in the New England Magazine of Science, so I need to call it a meter or a scale. And use the word standard and study and laboratory.
4: So you really think people are going to be interested in publishing this? Well,
3: I just need to have the option. Okay. And by using those words, it allows me to uh, be published in the New England Magazine of Science.
4: So these are 10 behaviors that could mean you're experiencing no joy in life.
3: Correct. And you can have one of them or possibly two. But if you're guilty of three or more, you are probably... A joyless person.
4: Um, all right. Well, uh, let's hear them. Please okay. read them for the audience. Let's
3: start with behavior number one. You are a man over the age of 30 and you wear blue jean cutoffs more than four days a week.
4: That's kind of strange because you would think someone relaxed enough to wear cutoffs all week long would be a fairly joyful person. They sound relaxed. Well,
3: but there's a big difference between relaxed and lazy. You know, okay. so sweatpants and, and blue jean cutoffs are fine when you're when you're lounging. Although I don't think I've ever been in a pair of blue jeans, much less a blue jean short. However, if you find yourself in church or at a store that's not Walmart or at work in blue jean cutoffs, then you're a joyless person.
4: OK, um, I, I don't think everyone will agree, but let's just move on.
3: It's science. OK, so you can't agree or disagree with facts.
4: OK, it's an opinion,
3: but yeah. Behavior number two, you're someone who still thinks you are getting amazing deals at Costco.
4: I actually agree with this one. It's just huge crowds. It's like a joyless yeah. giant box of $5 chickens and sea containers full right. of awful clothes. Just, yeah, I agree. Mm. Let's go on.
3: That having been said, those $5 cutlets.
4: You eat those?
3: That's a, They make a mean cutlet. Okay. You, you pan fry it, a little olive oil. A little salt.
4: I know how to cook chicken. It's okay.
3: Anyway. Yes. Costco. Okay, behavior number three. You watch more than two hours of news a day.
4: I mean, it depends what's on the news, but sometimes I find myself watching the news all day.
3: Then you should be careful. Two, two more things and you'll be scientifically proven to be a joyless person.
4: Wait, but you're a news anchor, so how can you say this?
3: It is precisely because I am a news anchor that I can tell you that too much news will make you joyless. There was a world many years ago, maybe in a different galaxy, that presented people with the option to read the news from what was called a newspaper in the morning, then watch a half-hour recap of the big stories at night. They called that recap the evening news. And it was a nice way to keep up with the events. But now joyless people are glued to their phones looking at news for four to five to ten hours a day.
4: Yeah, that's Uh, true.
3: Scientists don't know why these people do this. We, We are working on it. What we do know is it makes you joyless. Behavior four, taking pictures of your food. What kind of joyless idiot takes pictures of their food? Now, I'm not talking about Pink drinks you might get on vacation or birthday cakes or cupcakes that look like boobs.
4: You like those?
3: (laughs) That that is joyful. That's in the joyful category. What I'm talking about is a picture of a salad with an avocado on it or a plate of spaghetti. I'm talking about a sandwich. Why, Why people do this is a complete mystery to me.
4: Okay, well, now I have to fess up. I take pictures of salads I make sometimes or a nice pasta dinner. I mean, I just think it's nice to share with people something you like or something you think is well done. Uh, and I do think good food can be remembered.
3: Right. Well, I call both. I mean, good food should be eaten. I-, I think people take pictures of food to show off. I'm eating a fancy sandwich and you're not. You know, I'm eating a bowl of soup, which makes me very interesting. People who take pictures of food are joyless people. Okay. And that's two on you, Carolina. You cannot afford to get another or you will be a joyless person.
4: I understand. Um, Okay, what's next on the list?
3: Behavior number five, people who try and walk cats.
4: I I don't get this one. You've
3: seen them. There's always some weirdo in the neighborhood who tries to walk a cat like a dog. Not only is it ridiculous, it also means you are a joyless person. Cat people are not joyless. I'll start by saying okay. that. They are not.
4: Yeah, because there's a lot of people who love their cats.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. They do, however, experience joy in a more cerebral, less fun way than dog people. That's science. But cat owners who try and walk their cats like dogs are joyless. Plain and simple. No cat in the history of cats wants to walk on a leash around the block. You can show me videos and tell me stories, but I know cats. Cats have spoken to me. They have confided that walking outside on a leash is the stupidest activity any human has ever tried. And that's including ultimate frisbee and hot dog eating contests. Wow. You can step on Superman's cape. You can spit into the wind. But you don't walk your cat on a leash outside. You simply don't do it.
4: I just want to double back and ask about the cats um, talking to you.
3: Oh, boy, Carolina. I knew you'd raise a red flag on that one. Look, the mysteries of the world and the great unknowable universe dance around in your head like gravel in a tin pot.
4: That's enough.
3: Clanking and clonking without making music. Yes, cats, talk to me. I am unusual that way. It's not something I can explain, but the universe is filled with the unexplained. Take jazz rock fusion, for instance. There's no explanation for jazz rock fusion. Take the banana. No explanation. Take Rudolph Giuliani. How do you explain Rudolph Giuliani? You can't. I can talk to cats and they can talk to me and they all tell me that walking on a leash around a neighborhood is dumb. D-U-M-B, dumb. It's for joyless people. Is it something you do, Carolina?
4: No. As you know, I have
3: dogs. Whew. Okay. You're on the edge. I was holding my breath. Okay. The next habit of the joyless. Yes. Behavior number six. Men who wear sandals. Now, this one is complicated. Of, Of course, men who live around the Mediterranean Sea, Greeks and Italians, North Africans, can wear sandals. They've been wearing sandals for at least 4000 years. I'm not talking about them. But if you are an American and you wear sandals then you are joyless.
4: Yeah, okay. So besides people who've lived around the Mediterranean Sea for yes, for thousands of years,
3: for many a millennia.
4: I don't know if this one's fair. I mean, I wear sandals pretty much all summer long.
3: Okay, but you're you're a woman. Women can wear sandals. Men cannot.
4: What about when you go to the beach?
3: Those are flip-flops. Flip-flops are not sandals. There's a real distinction. Prison shoes and crocs are permissible, but I I frown upon them. I'm talking about leather sandals, handcrafted hippie shoes for grown men. People who wear them are scientifically proven to be joyless people. Behavior number seven. People who say they like the Denver Broncos. It's bad enough that you live in America's most boring city. It, It doesn't make you joyless, though. But saying you like the Denver Broncos definitely classifies you as a joyless person. I'm sorry, Bronco fans. You're, you're not a terrible person. You're likely what we call a good person. You are a nice person, probably. But because you say, I like the Denver Broncos, we now know, through science, that you are joyless. And on the scale of joylessness, you are also at the level of no fun. So you are especially joyless maybe pick another team like the Arizona Cardinals
4: that one feels personal but can continue sorry for interrupting yeah.
3: okay behavior number 8 owning a duvet cover
4: i'm what's wrong with owning a duvet cover oh
3: be careful there carolina all right you're you're treading on thin ice over there if you say you have a duvet cover then that's 3 on my list and, and you are done you're joyless
4: i actually just use blankets but i'm just curious what could be wrong with owning a duvet cover well
3: are you kidding me it's a giant bag there there there's no man made reason on the planet for the invention of the duvet cover if you have one or more than one and many people who own duvets have multiple duvet covers then you are especially joyless not as joyless as a person who likes the denver broncos but you're still Pretty darn joyless this
4: seems harsh. I mean it just a duvet cover just technically protects your duvet and keeps it clean, so then you only have to wash the duvet cover
3: i I'm, I'm not being harsh at all here, Carolina. Walking a cat outside on a leash is very dumb, believing Costco has great deals is also dumb, but owning a duvet cover means you're insufferably joyless. If you want to experience immediate gratification and joy not unlike an orgasm, throw away your duvet cover right now. It's not too late. Behavior number eight, people who like hard seltzer.
4: Well, I'm good with this one because I don't drink.
3: Ah, lucky again, Carolina, dodging a bullet. Because drinking hard seltzer is one of the more joyless activities to come from our modern times. I'll confess, I... I like a good scotch and soda from time to time, although I prefer my scotch neat or with a couple of rocks on a hot day. But a, a tasty scotch and soda is a far cry from an alcoholic appleberry flavored fizzy drink for grown adults who haven't even been weaned off of juice boxes and animal crackers.
4: Jesus, okay.
3: And its flavors are created in a laboratory by robots. You
4: might be making that up. I mean, yeah. these,
3: these robots then throw in alcohol and seltzer water and put it in a can for dumbbells to drink here's the rub they look like they're having a good time drinking hard seltzer they might they might even look like they are experiencing joy but the science is pretty clear here these are joyless people who should not be allowed in bars for the damage they could be doing to the atmosphere people who drink hard seltzer are joyless
4: if they look like they're having fun then how can you tell they're joyless? I've been to parties where it looks like people drinking hard seltzer are having a good time. They don't seem oh, see most oh of
3: i it. I don't doubt they look that way. They were probably taking their shirts off and shouting things like, "Go Broncos!" And these hard seltzers were on sale at Costco. I mean, hard seltzer plays tricks on social scientists because those that drink it do, in fact give off the impression that they are having fun. but multiple lab tests show they are not having fun and they are joyless. The ninth behavior on this list, that is a dead giveaway that you are a joyless person, is owning a fish.
4: Um, a singular fish? Like, what do you mean? Or having an aquarium?
3: Yes. If, if you have an aquarium with some fish, a fish or multiple fish, you are a joyless person.
4: I don't know. I can kind of see that.
3: I mean, if you have an aquarium that takes up a, a whole wall in your house and you have something like a shark or an eel or a manta ray you're not joyless you experience great joy i have had such an aquarium i had I had one behind my bed that took 40,000 gallons of water inside it was a short fin mako shark a hammerhead shark and a killer whale it was it was wow. amazing and if you threw a live pig in the aquarium the most beautiful colors of red and pink would swirl around giving the bedroom a a whorehouse glow that was very sensual.
4: Oh, God.
3: And I found out the hard way a killer whale should not be kept in such a small aquarium. Uh, through ingenious sonar conversations while I slept, the, the killer whale, who was named Bloppy, Aww. convinced the hammerhead shark named Jason Bourne to bang his head against the glass until it broke.
4: I was going to say it doesn't sound safe. It sounded insecure.
3: Well, it, it, it caused a lot of water damage. Anyway, but apparently Bloppy's dream was to escape and eat me.
4: It told you that in the sonar conversation?
3: In the, con- the sonar con- conversation, yeah. yes. Fish are dumb, though. And when they escape, they all died on the floor, you know, flopping around without water. But but the story has a happy ending. It does? They tasted great on the barbecue. Where was I?
4: Uh, you were saying that people who had aquariums were joyless? Yes. I'm, ha- I'm having trouble
3: following a little bit. Well, I think I think I clearly made the distinction that what I had was a cool aquarium.
4: Yeah, what you had was massively illegal, but um,
3: it sure was.
4: I guess I'm not going to lie about that. One fish is lame, but a killer whale. You and have a shark to remember, cool. it was
3: a different time. I didn't realize you needed to have the paperwork and the health board and the.
4: Where is this paperwork?
3: I I, I never had it. That's what I'm saying. But what I had was joy. But the average human who just has a couple guppies in an aquarium, that's, that's joyless.
4: You ate your sharks because they died on your bedroom floor, and that I was joy? I had to cover
3: up the evidence. I was about to do three years in medium-security prison for harboring wild animals in an unsuitable environment.
4: But an aquarium with fish is a joyless endeavor.
3: Listen to me, Carolina. Medium-security prison. Okay? I hear you. An aquarium with a few fish is a joyless endeavor, and although I sympathize with these people, they are still joyless. If it's the only thing on this list they are guilty of, then they they may very well experience joy in their lives, but my advice would be to eat those fish as quickly as they can and get the aquarium out of their house. There's plenty of fish in the sea, as the saying goes, which in this case applies to actual fish and the actual sea. You don't need a boring box of water in your house.
5: Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered.
1: (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner?
5: Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was...
7: Listen to The Daily Show, ears edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. It's molecular, you know. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: So that was number nine. Um... What is the last indicator of a joyless life? I think our listeners are very excited.
3: Well, I've written about it before, and I know at this point it's almost heartless to bring it up because to this day there is no cure. But the number 10 positive indicator of joylessness is being Canadian.
4: I'm a little confused. You just overall being from Canada? I've met some joyful Canadians.
3: That you met here in the United States. Right. Yeah. Once out of their country, a Canadian can, in fact, become a joyful person. But if they're still in Canada, then they they make Denver Broncos fans look like SpongeBob SquarePants. Canadians are so joyless, they can actually infect others around them and cause debilitating depression.
4: That seems like... Intense. I'm
3: just saying, if you wake up in Canada, there is no tomorrow.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah,
3: there is no hope of a future. Only the drudgery of your endless days and the horrifying bleakness of a night without end.
4: Oh, we'll be cutting this out.
3: Sleep is an escape, and escape is all you dream about. If if you are Canadian, you don't need two other indicators on this list. You are joyless. Science is working on a cure, and the most promising is to make your country part of the United States. There's a a lot of fear, though, that your joylessness could infect U.S. citizens. So for now, we are working on other cures. Drugs and talk therapy have been tested, but the results have been disappointing. In the meantime, your best bet is to leave Canada. Any place on Earth will do.
4: Wait, so you participated in a study about drugs and talk Talk therapy?
3: Talk therapy with... Canadians? Yes, Canadian subjects
4: who are suffering joylessness yes. from living in Canada. Yes.
3: I was there in the room, two-way mirror, watching the studies.
4: It sounds very controversial.
3: Well, it it's way ahead of its time. And a lot of times, uh, you can't let the general public know what you're doing because it's so high level.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I wonder if anyone knew what you were doing.
3: Well, the the thing is, it wasn't working. We had... Pamela Anderson,
4: oh, oh my gosh.
3: Um uh, Ryan Gosling and um the Bare Naked Ladies. Those were our main subjects. And that was it. That's what we were conducting the talk therapy with. And it was I was so hopeful. These clinical trials though, they went nowhere.
4: Wow. Yep. I'm going to be honest, this sounds actually just plainly rude and I know for a fact that we have some Canadian fans of this podcast. So I just want to be respectful.
3: And what I would say to them is that joylessness is a problem that afflicts many people, not just Canadians. As you can see by my scientific list, there are a lot of joyless people in the world. I didn't talk about racist or sexist or bigots of any kind. I didn't didn't talk about Proud Boys or people on Twitter, but As we know, these people experience very low levels of joy and high levels of sociopathy. Anger is a great indicator of low joy levels, so my list isn't definitive, but it is scientific. It's it's no coincidence that if you own a duvet cover, you probably have a fish or shop at Costco or are Canadian. They usually link up. Most, Most joyless people have at least three of these traits from my list.
4: Okay. You've classified all kinds of joyless traits, and you and I had some fun thinking of joyless sentences to say, but I just feel like in a podcast about joy, you haven't really defined joy or explained how to get joy out of life for some of our listeners who tuned in for that reason.
3: Well, I was getting to it. I mean, I— I don't like feeling rushed, Carolina.
4: I, I'm not rushing you.
3: I know you can eat an Italian meatball sub in under five seconds. But, okay. But some of us like to take our time with things, so I'm sorry. And I'm not accusing you of being a glutton. You're young and impatient, and yes, you can be quite pushy, even bordering on mean. But I'm not blaming you. Okay. Don't push me, though. I'm not. I'll push back. I'm... I don't know much about the so-called Me Too movement, but I'm assuming there's still room for a fistfight or two between us?
4: I'm sorry, I'm not sure I'm understanding. Are you threatening to beat me up because I asked you to explain joy?
3: Oh, goodness, no, of course not. You you're misinterpreting me again as always. But what would happen if we just finally got to the bottom of this anger we have towards each other and we we both just got planks of wood and kicked the shit out of each other?
4: Well, that's not really fair because you've been in so many weird battles and like gladiator fights and I've never even been in a fist fight.
3: What about b- slapping? Have you ever been in a b- slapping fight or, or a cat fight? W- women often get in cat fights with hair pulling and scratching. I see it a lot in footage from Miami Beach. You've been in some of these over the years, I assume.
4: No, no, not really. I mean, there was this one time in college I got into a shoving fight in a bar, and I okay. did end up slapping that person. And
3: exhilarating, right?
4: I mean, yeah. I, I hate to admit that, but it was. It, it was kind of refreshing.
3: A good open-hand slap for someone who truly deserves it can be very refreshing. I once slapped an old man who kicked my dog, Baxter, for no reason at all. Baxter was minding his own business in the park one day, chasing butterflies. He really can be a stupid dog sometimes. When this elderly man threatened to lock him up, I exchanged some heated words with the gentleman, and although I'm not proud, I insulted his shoes. They were these tacky auburn loafers. He apparently didn't like what I had to say about his shoes, and he kicked Baxter. Oh my God! Yes, so I slapped him, and it oh. was a wonderful slap, and he knew it. And I think, looking back on it, he he even would say it was a well-placed and well-timed slap.
4: You shouldn't slap old men.
3: Well, you shouldn't kick dogs either.
4: I don't think it's the same. You're so, so... now.
3: So now you hate dogs? Fascinating.
4: I don't. I have dogs. Just, I don't want to hear stories about you hitting the elderly. It's not allowable.
3: I didn't make a habit of it. I, I, I probably only hit a handful of old people in my life. One came at me with a knife. She was KGB and a hired assassin. Was, was I not allowed to defend myself?
4: Don't twist what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. You're just, you're a, a tall, large man, and unless you're protecting yourself, I see no reason for you to ever hit an older man or, God forbid, an older woman.
3: There was a hit on me in the late 70s. It was an open hit, which meant any qualified professional could take their shot at me. I had Mossad guys, Chinese guys, KGB, and independent contractors coming at me all hours of the day. One day in June 1978, I I fought off four different hitmen. The last attempt ending in a high-speed car chase through the San Diego Zoo. There was a, a lot of blood that day. Most of it. Hippopotamus, but also the French hitman who came at me.
4: I'm sorry, wh- I missed why there was a hit on you? Well, it
3: was all a big mix-up. I looked like some Polish criminal named Ivan Blatsky, and they they came at me. Uh, wow. Yeah. Blatsky sent me flowers every year for 20 years, thanking me for taking the heat. We became good friends, even though he was a notorious murderer, a drug dealer, and a human trafficker.
4: Jesus. Wait, so what happened to Ivan Blatsky?
3: Well, he's living the good life. He got plastic surgery, moved to Florida, and changed his name to Al Gore.
4: Okay, Al Gore.
3: Not that Al Gore. Jeez. But yes, Al Gore. He liked the name. I guess I probably shouldn't have said anything. There's still a hit out on Blatsky, and now they'll know he's living in Florida as Al Gore. Not former Vice President Al Gore, who by all accounts is a humanitarian and pretty good guy but just plain old golf-playing, poolside-sitting Al Gore. I feel like we maybe got off on a tangent. We definitely did. I know you hate. Yeah. uh, But you made me do it. The woman who came at me with a knife and throwing stars and spikes in her shoes was a professional killer trained in martial arts and was as cold-blooded as they come.
4: So you just slapped her in response?
3: Well, Baxter tripped her as she was lunging towards me, and yes, I... I got a quick chop in as she was going down. Unfortunately for her, she fell on one of her own knives and bled out on my entrance my God! Baxter and I wrapped the body in a sheet with some rocks and we rode it into the Pacific and dumped her in the water.
4: I don't know how to talk about you disposing of a body, but let's just, we've wandered so far off from today's topic. Let's just try to get back to it.
3: Oh, did you think the story ended there? Because that's not the end of the story. No. Several years later, a poor Russian man, claiming to be her husband, appeared at my doorstep. I invited him in. Naturally. Yes. He had learned from Russian authorities that a well-respected newsman and his dog had killed his wife. He wasn't looking for revenge. He was only looking for a memento, something he could remember her by because uh, they were very much in love. I have a soft spot for lovers, and and love, as you know. Yes. Yes. But I'll confess I had no such memento to give the poor soul. However, thinking fast, I handed him an unopened can of Baxter's dog food and said with all conviction that his wife had asked me to give this can of dog food to her beloved husband if he ever came looking for her.
4: That was the best you could think of?
3: Well, I was thinking on my feet. But here's the thing. He broke down sobbing in my arms, clutching the can of dog food like it was a human heart. And in some ways, it was a human heart. It was all I had left of his great love. In another way, it was, it was just a can of dog food. Carolina, I leave you with this. Love is strange. It's an all-encompassing feeling of human purpose. It centers us, and it's perhaps the only reason we're here on Earth. It is also a can of dog food. Ha <laughs>
4: Okay, so what about Okay.
3: So I'm Oh.
4: What about joy? This the topic? Today's podcast was supposed to be about joy, and you haven't really explained what it is or how to get it.
3: How the hell should I know? I play the flute. I swim in the nude. I take surfing lessons from an old woman. I drink scotch and sit for hours in my car trying to look like an undercover cop. I go to the zoo and watch cheetahs pace up and down. I climb water towers and yell out my name. I build dream catchers and collect old lanterns. I read about Vikings. I run backwards through malls. I eat anything that looks like chili. I write poetry. I dance like Paula Abdul. I enter illegal street racing competitions. I'm recognized as one of the world's best bird watchers. I pleasure myself.
4: Yes, I know. I pleasure my wife. Okay.
3: I love dogs.
4: We could do this in a different I order. I love flowers
3: and songs about flowers, and I love love. And that's me in a nutshell. I have no idea what brings other people joy. I only hope everyone finds as much of it as I have.
4: So there's no way for someone to find joy. There's no universal rule.
3: No, there is not. I'm sorry if I misled everyone. You
4: definitely did.
3: However, there is a trick I learned many years ago that will make it easier for you to experience joy.
4: Okay, what's that?
3: Stay classy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Uh-huh. Ah!
2: This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hi, this is Kurt Whitsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said. Just before he kicked the bucket, he said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
7: He has the smarts.